a freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Huard. And Brooke Huard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Huard and Mike Salk. It's an interesting hypothesis that you were sort of laying out there with Jeff at the end there, Brock. And I, I, I could feel it coming and kind of thinking through your brain and... You know, knowing you for as long now as I have and sort of your view of the world, you're going to always be, I think, uncomfortable with the idea that hitters have their own coaches. Just just divided, uh, you know, just just a little. And some of this comes out of my background, Salk, as mm-hmm. well, in these QB coaches. Okay, so that's much more my livelihood is all these QB gurus. And guess what? These high school kids start to work with their own QB coach, and then they go to college. And you know what some of the colleges say? Get the heck out of here. <laughs> Ryan Day, like, sorry, yeah, that guy's not coming aboard. You're not leaving. No, you're not going to train with him. Like, you're under my umbrella. You're under my leadership now. This is the way you're going to do it. This is a, and other coaches embrace it, you know, and there's kind of differing feelings there. Really, that, that whole attack, though, Salk, is trying to figure out, and I'd like to do a little deep dive. I think this is one of the things that you and I enjoy doing and finding out and putting some different theses out there and then trying to figure it out, knowing that there's probably not just one answer to it. But when Jeff used that word undisciplined, Mm -hmm. this team has been undisciplined. I don't think I've heard that. I've heard lack of focus. It certainly is in the same family. Mm -hmm. But then you dig into it and say, okay, why? Why is this group of 26 men? largely the same group last year, right? That put it together and, and turned that corner and, and, and broke through the glass ceiling of this playoff drought. Why is this crew, by almost every measurement that you would look in baseball, why are they undisciplined? And that's where I, I just thought maybe this is one of those factors, that they've got competing voices. That's like, yeah, I get it. I understand it. So when he, when he pointed to other teams in the past, mm-hmm. that you know he said, hey, most of the undisciplined teams in the past – one of the first slices of that blame is they tune out the coaching. Right. So so let, let's talk a little bit about what that means in modern baseball, because we, we heard from Jerry on this. And, and I do think in some ways the Mariners might do it a little differently from other teams. But let's kind of deal with sort of the way it works in the modern game. Right. So I, I will tell you that virtually my understanding is that virtually every player has their own hitting coach. Those that can afford it. Once you get the means to be able to afford it. You know, Matt Brash was talking about that, and, yeah. you know, with the, with pitching and driveline, like that's out well, of what pocket. They, the and, pitchers do is a little different from what the hitters do. The hitters almost universally have somebody who is their own swing coach, and the pitchers generally do more of the driveline stuff. So the hitters will be talking to their swing coaches throughout the season, and the and the coaches will come through and visit and all of that. Whereas the pitchers mostly kind of have their program, and then they go see the 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 pitching people in the off season. Baseball okay. is a little bit more because it's because the swing is more like a golf swing yep. where you're constantly tinkering and the little things. Whereas yep. pitching is just like, hey, remember to get on top of it and keep doing your strengthening exercises, right? So it's just yep. a little a little different. I don't think, at least my understanding is that those hitting coaches are not nearly as much about philosophy as they are about um, as they are about mechanics. They might work with them a little bit on swing path and angle and all that stuff. I'm not saying that doesn't happen, mm-hmm. but my understanding is that it's more about mechanics than it is about philosophy, which is why I think Jeff said they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. Right. Where where the Mariners may be different from other teams, and I would actually think this is a good thing, but you can disagree with me, is that they welcome those guys in. 
some teams do exactly what you just said. Say, hey, look, you can have your own hitting coach, but I don't want him in here. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to come through and you know mess up four or five other guys and this and that. Like, don't want to have like I don't know your own office in the building. Like maybe somebody right. hadn't done. I don't. Maybe, I don't know yeah. that any of them have that. <laughs> the Mariners have taken a different approach to that, which is when a good, when they they want to they know the guys have them, so they would rather work with them yep. and sort of understand you know what that philosophy is, work together rather than being adversaries. And it means that when Julio's guy came in a couple of weeks ago, Jerry talked about this. Were you in that day when Jerry sort of told us all no, about Florida, that? Same time. Okay, so Jerry had a whole conversation about this where he said, "Look, the, yeah, Julio's hitting coach came in, mm-hmm. and four or five other guys went to go meet with him, and we're cool with that because they know the coach, they work with him as well, they know what he's doing, and they're they're a little they're they're into." that here here's a little from jerry on this each of our players and i want to well almost all of our players has their own hitting coach (laughs) and you know in in julio's case julio does have his own hitting coach who did spend time here at this homestand and and uh including time with with jared dehart and tony arnerich we as a practice lean into our our players individual coaches and uh, we tend to philosophically we believe that the best thing we can do for our players is find a way to work together with their you know their crew and here's a little bit more on that from jerry more common than you might think but uh i would say more common in the last four or five years than ever before and you know, there might be teams that have a stance that, uh, you know, that's fine, but not on our space. We, we, we don't do that. We embrace it. And it's something we, we talked about years ago when we first got here. We have to find a way to lean into the players' systems and programs and people and, and make it one program so that we're not constantly working in a juxtaposition with one another. There's find a way to create stability in that player's life rather than creating, you know, I guess, adversity and i think that is spot on that's absolutely the way you should do it we also know that when struggles come what happens <laughs> right when when you mm-hmm. aren't like that that is wonderful that is exactly we want all of this but then when failure comes and struggle comes and inconsistency comes and undisciplined play like those those voices and again i'm not i'm i am i'm trying to unpeel we all are. yeah why they're undisciplined right i'm not i'm not here to say this is exactly it and you got it absolutely not but to think that, hey, if, if Jeff is telling me teams in the past that have that have gone down this road of being undisciplined, it's because they tune out the messaging. So is that just in some of these guys' nature? Right? I mean, that's another element of it. Like, they didn't hey, do it just, last year. Well, there was, there's a couple new components this year, right, including the highest paid, you know, guy that uh, yeah. on, that you that you got in the offseason. And so there's a couple new components to it. But you're right. Last year they didn't. Last year they all <laughs> – it was, we believe, as close as you could ever get mm-hmm. as a team. And most all of that leadership is back. So I'm just trying to understand why they're undisciplined, why it's been this way, why it has been so up and down and inconsistent in that way. And yeah, that th- I'm not going to lie. That thought process did come into my mind yeah. of just competing voices, you know, and, and competing voices could be your own family. It can be your own dad. It can be your own like, hey man, you got to look out for yourself right I, now. I, I think it's a it's a it's a good hypothesis that I don't think fits this particular team. I'm not doubting that there is an issue. There's some issue that is causing lack of focus, lack of consistency, lack of discipline, whatever you want to call it. I tend to lean more on trust 
and more on sort trust of trust of each other or trust tr- of playing. Trust trust in each other. I, I think I lean on that probably more. I think you have a good hypothesis. I don't think that's the case in this with this team. Because it just it just the way the game works, and I think they've actually taken a pretty good tact on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they are inconsistent, why they are undisciplined, or why they have lacked focus at times. Mm-hmm. But when Scott said that, yeah. man, I got worried. I don't like hearing lack of focus because he's not the only one in the organization I've heard use that term. Why can't they go out on a night-to-night basis and do what they did last night, which was very focused offensively, defensively, pitch everything? Well, well, it I all came it, together yeah, for we them. We got to run the need to know, but I also know this, and you've said this a lot, and that is hard to repeat, man. It, it, you know, and we're not talking repeat champions, 100%. but look at, uh, look at repeating success for players. And was teams. there enough urgency? Shannon brought that up yesterday. Is there enough urgency? And without some of the veteran leadership that they let get away, I do have some questions about that. I, I think that is absolutely worth asking. And then, or did it go the other way on the expectation side of it, right? Were they so high that they were too tight? Yeah. I tend to fall more on the urgency side of it, but I think they're all perfectly real questions and, you know, and, when we figure out what it is, somebody will make a lot of money trying to get this team moving in the right direction. We'll be right back with everything you need to know. It's Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, for the last week, almost, the Mariners have had a better approach at the plate. It hasn't really translated to a whole lot. Last night, it finally did. And the pitch swinging a fly ball deep into the gap in left center field. Going and going and going. It will fly, fly, fly away. Ty France with a three-run home run into the Mariners' bullpen. When do you think Rick decides to go with the knee house? Like what? What leads to I think that? Maybe decision? when they hit their first three-run home run of the year. <laughs> you think that's what it is? <laughs> kind of felt yeah, it's like a three-run shot. Let's go yes. knee house on that one. I yes. love it. It was great. Great to hear. Uh, as for I don't. Did you see afterwards? France was uh, on the phone with the bullpen. Do you know why? Here you go. I called the I called down to the bullpen. Um, so before the two homer game against the A's, they were giving me a bunch of crap because I never pointed at them or did anything celebrated them on my homers, um, and then. So I told him if I homered that game, I would give him a little something. Um, then I hit two, so I gave him a little flex as I was rounding rounding second. And then today, I haven't hit homer since, so I completely forgot about them when I uh, hit today's. So when I got back in the dugout, I called him and said sorry. You got to love being a bullpen guy. We were like, you know, celebrate us when you hit a home That's run. Right. We're out here hanging out. Why don't you give us a little credit for you hitting a home run? Not about you. Gosh, it's never. Why can't you be about us? There is a M.E. and team. Right. But it really is. Together, everyone achieves more. When will you get that, Ty? Here's what I will get. When the Mariners hit home runs, they win. They're 27 and 14. When the power just starts to flicker, just come on a little bit. And there is enough of it. Suarez and Julio and Ty, these guys are capable of hitting Teo 20, 25-plus home runs and throwing Kelnick, who is on pace for over 20 home runs. Those guys you counted on to turn that power on can just get it going, as Scott said last night. As the weather warms a little bit, as La Nina continues to be our friend in the Pacific Northwest, hopefully find ways to win series. Win series against good teams. That's it. Well, and that starts tonight. They got a chance to do it. George Kirby, then Luis Castillo, back-to-back nights against these Marlins. Hopefully they can get it done. We'll see starting at 640 this evening. Here's the second thing 
you need to know. Uh, roster moves yesterday. Penn Murphy goes back to IL. That's a bummer, man. Elbow inflammation, certainly not a good sign. Called up in his place, Ty Adcock, who uh, got six outs without giving up a hit. Ty Adcock, who was actually the right fielder on, on George Kirby's college team and an eighth-round pick for us uh, a couple of years back, has had a lot of injury, and this is the first year he's healthy. He's older for his level uh, as having been a senior sign, but you know he's, his average fastball is 97-98 right now with a ferocious breaking ball. That was Jerry with us, uh, what, last week or the week before, and then we got a chance to see the kid last night. Can we please send that to all the youth baseball coaches in America into the perfect game? Yeah, I was telling this story in the first hour. There was a kid, a local kid out of the Northwest uh, in 2029. He's a year younger than Titus. He's a he's a sixth grader, and he's and he's sitting 70 to 75 with a hook. And I'm like, really? Is that like the whole baby grunk thing? What's that kid in sixth grade, right? Everybody's yes. talking about him. Yes. Ty Hancock was a right fielder at Elon University in college. Eighth round pick the same year that Kirby was taken in the first round. Let's be very careful about setting the table as a fifth or sixth grader putting their arm under that kind of duress. I got a good buddy and you know him, you know, he's fake Graham from carnation and he is adamant about protecting these youth arms. It's not about what you do in fifth grade. It's about what you do when you're fully mature. And even then, you know, you get stories like this, an outfielder in college who's coming up to the big leagues and spends two shutout innings in his first time out. Good for him. Good for Elon baseball too. putting him on the map. Here's the third thing you need to know. Well, congratulations also to the Denver Nuggets, and I assume their fans for the second straight year. Denver celebrates a championship season. Last year it was the Avs. This year, the Nuggets. How about that? The Nuggets win, Brock, with Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic. Sorry. Jeez. Salters. Come on. I've quite literally <laughs> never seen him play. And I, I know. Don't know that's I've what she. That's name. what she said too in a podcast a couple weeks ago. I don't know and, that I've ever heard anyone say his name. Two-time Nikola? MVP of. Yeah, I know. It's usually just the Joker or Jokic. So. Okay. Nikola. Yeah. Uh, yeah, who all he wants to do now is go back home to Serbia, and now he's going to have to wait two more days to have a parade in town. Poor guy. The most humble superstar in the league. It starts with him. He shares the ball, and there's a lot of Tim Duncan. We'll see if, you know, if mm. and, and you know his, his sidekick. Isn't he sort of like a better Sabonis? Yes. The oh, dad, yeah. not the kid. He passes like Sabonis. But then he has range to the three-point line. He's got he's just an unbelievable player. <laughs> and just a great team. And they all totally bought in. And you know what? They give the Mariners hope. Because it was seven, eight years. They kept continuity. They kept their head coach around. There were many that wanted him fired. And they've underperformed and yada, yada, yada. And wondered ever, could they ever get there? Well, 47 years later, they do. And this is year 46 for the Mariners. So it can happen. All right, good stuff. That is everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour. I've got a friend named Nicola. Maybe that's why. I got you. Comes out of my mouth. I mean, be careful about trusting me with words. And I know. I don't too. trust you at all. Yeah. Yes. That's, <laughs> I think that's served me pretty well in my I life. Will say, I will say this. You know, one thing that has remained consistent with me, as much as I enjoy the championships, and I had a super hot take, and if you missed it, I'm not giving it to you again. No. You're going to have to go it's listen too, to it was 7 a.m. It was too hot. Yeah, it was so hot. 
But Scott Van Pelt took a risk last night. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, the SVP show. And gosh, I love that guy. And uh, so I'm watching the show after all the celebrations. And they took serious risks. I think they took. They talked to like the head coach, right? And he wasn't quite, we need to party. But he was pretty close. Right. He was pretty warm. And time and again, they continued to bring on three, four players. And as the night went on, they got warmer and warmer. Oh, and Jeff Green was finally like, hey, Scott. Man, I gotta go, man. I'm, I'm not, I'm not I'm working not a on pace for this. I ain't working on a full tank of gas, you know. And Scott was so good, like totally get it, man. Go have the time of your life. Go celebrate. Bye. Pretty big win. All right. Well, good stuff. Uh, congratulations to Nicola and uh, his entire crew there. Hey, by the way, you can bring Dad out to T-Mobile Park for Mariners Father's Day festivities on Sunday, June 18th. That's this coming weekend. The team scoring off against the White Sox at 110. First 10,000 dads can pick up a Geno Vibes talking bottle opener. How about that? Get your tickets what? at Mariners.com slash promotions. All right. Uh, I do want to come back to something Scott said last night because I think a lot of Mariners fans hear it and get angry, and I'm not sure I blame them. On the other hand, it might be the secret to unlocking the rest of this season, so we can discuss it next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, seattlesports.com. This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Perfect song to describe the Mariners game last night. It was good. They played good. They did. They played good defensively. They made a nice pl- a few nice plays, honestly. That, uh, that Adcock kid came in, Brock, last night. He got six outs uh, plus one error. I think five of the outs were absolutely crushed off the bat, but all went directly to infielders or people who made nice plays. Ty France made a diving play. J.P. Crawford made a couple nice plays, and uh, he worked right through those two innings, which was awesome and, and something they could certainly use. But more than that was the style with which they hit last night, the philosophy, some of the messaging that has changed. And as frustrated as Scott seemed just the day before, talking about how this team was having issues with focus over the course of the season, he seemed a whole lot more positive and took a completely different tone last night. Uh, I think I said it um, in the road trip after we got out of Texas. wanted to, to change our messaging up a little bit on what we were trying to do. Um, really focusing on hitting as many balls in the middle of the field as you can. And it has helped out. It certainly helped Teo out a bunch. I think he's been really good here over the last week or so. Um, Ty kind of does it naturally. But it needs to be – you need a conscious effort to do it. And it just it gives you a better chance of, of making better swing decisions when you're not trying to pull everything. And our guys are doing it. They're getting really good results. And they're still pulling balls. Could it just be that simple, Brock? <laughs> Is it possible it's just that simple that maybe it was all just overcomplicated and all you had to say was, hey, guys, just hit the ball back in the middle? How do you do that? I, I know in batting practice, you know, when you when you watch these guys take BP and Ichiro was the very best in the world at it and could still and probably still at 50-something can hit it to right and to left and to center and to and do whatever he wanted to seemingly do, kind of like a golfer that's great with his short game, right? And I was watching some of the golf this weekend, and kudos to another Husky, uh, C.T. Pan and Nick Taylor, both dogs, bow down, and his championship. And uh, somebody hit like a three-wood or, you know, it wasn't even a wedge, and the announcer was like, ah, I think he cut that one, one groove down. Right, I heard that. What? What does that even mean? Like, <laughs> you know, he didn't get the right to left because he cut it one groove down, but that is what those guys can do, and they can feel it, and they know it. So is can they really do that? Can you really control 
you know, that I want to hit this ball well, more. Well, let me, let me play you Ty France because he was asked about it last night after the game, and, and he gave sort of the hitter's perspective on it. Yeah, I think as a mindset, um, you know, it, it has helped us a lot. Um, that way, you know, it gives us a little wiggle room. If we're late on balls, we still have half the field to work with. If we're early, we got the other half. So um, you know, I think it's just not not necessarily changing our swings or anything. It's just kind of a mindset. And, um, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, it seems to be working right now. I mean, I understand polling, right? Like, we, can, we that's easy to understand. Oh, I'm going to get up here, and for those of us that golf, like, I'm going to hit this thing so hard, and I'm going to rip it, and guess what happens? You duck hook it because you're just, you know, trying to overswing. Over so I, I, I understand that. I actually understand it to, to right field a little bit as well. Let that ball travel a little bit. It's okay. You know, just spray that ball to the other mm-hmm. side. To actually hit it up the middle, it sounds so <laughs> overly simple. Yet. Doesn't it sound simple? It, it does. Well, so let me throw another part to the theory that that maybe, <laughs> I mean, we're now like, this is full-on conspiracy <laughs> element-wise, but you know, we'll try to figure out how a team has been so bad this year offensively. We've talked about the weather and how it affects certainly the ball when it's here, and I, I it obviously doesn't explain why they couldn't hit in Texas or you know some of the other places mm-hmm. that were warm where they went, but... When you see results come from a better approach, it's a lot easier to stay with that approach. Nice night. Obviously, the it's warmer, and we saw it tonight. The ball carries in this ballpark, and uh, I think Geno's hit that ball a few times, and it doesn't go out. Um, Murph, and normally in April and May, that ball doesn't go out, but it does, and it just changes you know, your whole uh, attitude, perspective on things, but really good at bats tonight. And uh, you know, credit to the guys. We had a really good plan, and they stuck to it and got some results, so... Nice way to start the homestand. And let's get back to Ty France because he agreed with that. Yeah, we actually noticed it in BP today. The balls were kind of flying. So, um, no, no, you can't beat a Seattle summer. It's incredible here. And um, the balls, they do travel a little bit better. So it's nice to nice to sweat on the field today. <laughs> I mean, he has his own unique way of describing it. But you kind of get the point, right? There's a like, lot of divish in France, isn't there? They're, they are close, I think, they're, they're those two guys. Really they seem type. to enjoy each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> there is a lot of similarity. And it's going to be nice tonight. I mean, it's not going to be in the 70s. It looks like first pitch tonight will be about 65 degrees. Uh, but they do beat Sunset, you know. Uh, they, the game ended before the Sunset last night, and that will probably happen with these 640 starts and the pace of play for the rest of, of June and maybe even into July here. Yeah, I think. The only challenge I had with that was May was pretty nice, too. I mean, Pittsburgh hit a franchise record eight home runs that night, and most of those off George Kirby, who had not hardly given up any. So that ball, yeah, there, there are nights the ball does not carry. Let's just say that flat out, right? I mean, there are nights. I was watching the College Baseball World Series last night. And uh, I don't know if you you probably not gotten into you probably don't have time. For Justin was just asking me about that yesterday. I don't know. I've never really gotten into to college baseball. I probably should. There's no reason. I don't have any objection to it. I've just never right. really thought about it. Well, and this Kegley-Own kid that hits 99 and leads the country in home runs from yeah. Florida, probably going to try to watch Florida in the College World Series this weekend. But they say that, A, about Omaha at times, and B, I was watching last night. It was Texas-Stanford. And, you know, the announcer was like, yeah, you know, last night that ball not carrying a little marine, like just, you know, Bay Area but on the farm, you know, it too can fluctuate. And, yeah, there's going to be times that uh, that ball will die flat out, period. Sulk on the home course on Friday. Did you play in the rain? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And the ball just, you know, it doesn't carry. Yeah. Like, a, like, yeah, it doesn't carry like it does in Cheney when you play there in August and you get the hard pan and it rolls for 150 yards and you're, you know, hitting 350-yard bombs there in training camp, feeling good about yourself uh, way back when in the day. Last night, it, it did carry. And last night, whether it is, you know, purely meteorological 
or frankly, it's psychological. Well, it I think it's the matter. combination of those two things is what they're saying, right? I mean, that that's the theory behind it. Yep. That there's a, there is a legitimate meteorological issue where the ball doesn't carry as well here early. Okay, fine. Yep. And then when the guys try to go the other way and try to stay up the middle and they find that the ball doesn't go far enough, what do they do? They start swinging harder and yep. then they start trying to pull it. And then you get yourself into a lot of bad habits for everyone who hears that and says, well, why doesn't it affect the other team? That's why mm-hmm. the other team doesn't go through it game after game after game with yep. the knowledge that they're going to be coming back here over and over again. And yep. that's the thought process behind it. I can't tell you that that's what happens. I can't tell you that that's why the Mariners tend to struggle offensively at the beginning of the year. And that sometimes it carries forward, especially for guys who have warning track power. But that does seem to make some sense. What I like is them finding a messaging to get back to doing the things that make them successful, even if it's a very simple message Mm -hmm. of just keep it up the middle. And, you know, that's why I don't like playoff odds or any of that stuff, because I think that the game is about adjustments. It's about finding ways to adjust as human beings to what you're doing, to what the other team's doing, et cetera. And I don't know whether these are going to work. Long term, Mm -hmm. I can tell you for the last five or six games, they've had better at bats. They've had a better approach. And you quantify that by? They've gotten pitchers out of the game earlier. They've taken more walks. They've struck out less. I mean, yesterday, Scott was asked about the strikeouts. Anytime we're in single digits, Daniel, I get pretty excited. That's a good game for us. Um, I think there was only six tonight. So um, against a guy who can strike you out, uh, no question uh, about it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, Stay in the middle of the field. I know it sounds easy and simple, um, and sometimes that's you got to go back to the the basic things um, that allow you to have success in this game instead of getting too complicated. That's what we've tried to do, and it is better. We're not totally clicking like I think we can, but it's it's moving it's moving in the right direction. I thought in San Diego the first game they really had good at bats. They got the pitcher out of the game. They won it. Second game was awful. The three games in Anaheim, I think they mostly had pretty good approaches. It didn't work in all three of those games. They lost two out of three, but they didn't lose to Shohei Otani because they didn't hit. They lost that game because, unfortunately, they made an error and Castillo ended up giving up a couple of bombs. They won the middle game, right? And then the last game, again, their approach wasn't bad. They just didn't pitch well and they didn't hit particularly great. They just didn't get that key hit, right? right? Bases loaded, nobody out. Those will come if you take a good approach. They were not taking a good approach in Texas. They were not taking a good approach against the Yankees. Mm -hmm. They were not taking a good approach against whomever came before that. I don't even remember now. I think for the last five or six days, five or six games, you've seen a better approach and it carried forward last night. If that continues, their offense will be better. Will it be enough to dig them out of the hole they've dug? I don't know. We'll find out, and the pitching is going to have to stick around, and they're going to have to stop being unfocused, and the base running errors. I thought A.J. Pollock's base running error on Saturday night was an absolute atrocity. Like, it just, it, uh, that's an absolute non-starter for me. It's a good thing I'm not a manager. I would have pulled him off the field. There's no way I would have let him go back out there. By his there. ear? Would he walk right yes, out by there his and just ear. grabbed him by his ear? Yes, him exactly. All the way in. Yeah, he I would have pulled him by his ear. I'm just pitching. You're not going to play for me again. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, but they have had a better approach. Yep. That's yep. undeniable. Will it lead to better results? Who the heck knows? I had a yes, coach Justin. growing up who used to tell us about the same same sort of thing, right? It was about playing the game right, which meant having the right approach. But he would say if you do these things the right way, you're still going to lose a lot of games because that's what baseball is. The approach doesn't equal wins. 
but the approach does equal putting yourself in the right position for good things to happen. Yes. Balls, little, you know, dinks and dunks and then a blast or a blue pair. You do get, you're the good side of an error. You know why they need it? It's a good point, Justin. And, and it's why I think games like yesterday are important. Brock, what was the word I used earlier to talk about what I think has been troubling this team? And that's trust. You need to see the results in order to trust the process. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to say, oh, process, process, process. But if it never works, well, at some point you lose trust in it. Then you get away from it. And then you get yourselves sure. all kind like of messed up in your like head. Once you see it start working, you're like, oh, wow. I guess this thing works. works. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So nights like last night are important. Nights that you get early in the season where, as he said, Suarez hits that same ball and it gets caught the warning track can be frustrating. And they can take out guys like Jesse Winker or Colton Wong before they even get going. So I don't know. I'm not sitting here with any more hope today than I had yesterday. I'm really frustrated by this team. I'm really frustrated by the lack of focus. I'm really frustrated by the mental mistakes that they've made and the inconsistency. But I am somewhat encouraged that there has been a better offensive approach mm-hmm. over the course of the last few games. Well, then now they got to go earn the trust of those that follow them pretty religiously. They got to earn just some of the trust of those fans that do want to just jump aboard and go crazy for this team because they love some of the individuals and they got to earn it Salk, by going and doing it against a winning team. I mean, that that's the nice thing about this Marlins team is they've been red hot winners of 12 of 15 their hitter that was hit nearly 400, you broke his hitting streak. You broke him last night. Maybe T-Mobile will break him this series, and he can put a nice 0 for 13 on the board as their leadoff hitter. But now you've got to go do it against winning teams, and I think that's the step for this crew. If they're going to get themselves back in it, and they're not out totally. They're, what, five games behind the wild card, uh, nine games behind Texas. I mean, that feels big. But John Gray, did you see the news on him? He's no. got a blister, and he's no. going to be shut down for a little bit. We'll keep a little eye on that. And obviously, DeGrom is shut down for the rest of the season and most of next year. And an older roster, whether they can sustain. They just lost to the Angels last night. And hopefully, you know, they start to, to cool off just yeah. a little bit, just as those Oakland A's, by the way. And we knew it. We knew it was coming. We knew that they were going to put together six game win streak. Are you kidding me? That team? Does that you all of a sudden legitimize the Mariners' wins against the A's, or no? We're still not. We're still they not went to willing Tampa to go that far. Beat Tampa, swept the Brewers. It's it's really it's remarkable to even think about. It's but yes, small. I watched that team play. I'm not even sure they had three major leaguers on their roster, right. and yet they've won six in a row in this game. So weird stuff certainly does happen right now. Speaking of weird stuff, oh, let's boy. do some ranking. <laughs> Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Well, Brock, since you were so excited about the... Nuggets winning the NBA championship last night. And since they do play in the Rocky Mountains there in Denver, we thought we would rank mountains. Mountains. Mountains ranked. Now, <laughs> more has come into the into the room here with me. We've got uh, it's, it's a complicated situation. Rob is training on the board. He's going to be here when more is taking a really exotic vacation this coming yeah. weekend and so rob is going to be in a little bit so maura can't be on the board and talking there so she's come in here to heckle me from like four feet away wow. i will say more intimidating to have maura in here yeah. while doing right it wouldn't be ranked without it right 
I'm now intimidated. I don't care. Mora from that. Mora from that seat. Mora from that seat. Can you reach out your arm and your fingers <laughs> and tap him and grab his ear if you need to grab his ear like that? No, wait, I need to talk this to is him. this is that. Oh my god! Look at how long her fingers are. Like gosh. Oh, you can't see it on the camera here. I know it's Brock, too big for the camera. She's still running the board from that room. <laughs> <laughs> Reaching right through the door. Mountains. Mountains ranked. rang things like you know she'll be coming around the mountain. It's a uh, recording, I think, from 1926 on the Grammy. Brock, does this get the water moving? <laughs> no. No? <laughs> the hand's moving, though. Oh, I mean, you can play that like for the baseball boys? Gave you some energy. How about this one? That's twice in a week for uh, in the Hall of the Mountain King. Of course, it was part of Hall's round last week. Does that one get your water moving? Uh, powerful. Powerful. <laughs> Brock, would you describe yourself as a deadhead? No. I don't think so. The Graz? Yeah, the deadhead. <laughs> yes. God, I know a lot, a lot of my friends are Grateful Dead dorks, and they're just the worst. I mean, they're just sitting there like... Oh, yeah, dude. That one's from, like, July 24th, 1974. Is that the one where they go from, like, touch to mountain to scarlet begonias? Like, no, okay, that's so different. You know what? I can identify with that. Someone I know talks about Rush like that. Yeah. A lot. Not, not more, even. Not like the dead people do. They're worse. That? <laughs> more annoying. The Grateful fish, Dead. Fish no. fans or dead fans? Same fans. Or same Dave, group of or people. Dave Matthews fans. It's just the same group of people. Not fi- not a fair question. I, I reject the premise. CrossFit fans. Same group of people. And CrossFit fans still win. <laughs> Jane's Addiction. Get the water ah. Who did you think it was? Pearl Jam? Temple Pilots. Oh, yeah. No, that's Ow. Jane's Addiction. Sorry. You were close. Same genre? Close? You ever been to yeah. uh, the... Uh, Contemporaries. Theme park, Six Flags Magic Mountain? Uh, yeah. That, oh, I've never actually been there, but yes, in uh, L.A. Superman right ride. by Jerry's yeah. World, by the way, down in Arlington. I think they got some, uh, you know, when you're down in that L.A. area, if you were watching the weather on uh, Channel 5, you would see Johnny Mountain, longtime weatherman down Oh, in, yeah. Him and Dallas Rains were both weathermen Justin, in L.A. Justin, did you work at the mountain? <laughs> I never worked at 103.7. Really? No. I never did. You ever been on Space Mountain? I have. Yes. How about Thunder Mountain? I have. Yes. You ever eaten Rocky Mountain oysters? Oh wow! Being in yes. here, I'm getting to see up close. Oh yeah, the way that I as things he off goes speed round, he sits here and crosses them off with a sharpie. Mm-hmm. It's very efficient. You know, you say that. Uh, you know, you can order Rocky Mountain oysters Amazon. More, I would say you're sort of making a mountain out of a molehill, but that's, that's fine. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you ever, you ever tried a Rocky Mountain oyster? Song? I have not. No. They're tremendous. You should do that. No, thank uh, you. I think Wazoo and Oregon State are soon going to be in the Mountain West. Whoa. It's coming whoa, soon whoa, to a theater whoa, near whoa, you. Whoa, Speaking of theaters, you could go see Brokeback Mountain or Cold Mountain or My Side of the Mountain or Escape to Witch Mountain. Jeez. True. If you watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> just put Sharpie on yeah, the don't desk. don't worry about that. We got, got a little aggressive you know, I don't need you, like, <laughs> narrating my every move in here. This is great. Go in the other room. This is you obnoxious. Are, you are getting a little nervous in there. I Look am. I'm you. very yes. nervous. It's, I'm like in the Game of Thrones where the guy had to face the mountain. Very nervous. Wow. Nerve-wracking. <laughs> Do your thing. I'm doing my thing. Sometimes you got to take a little break. Sometimes <laughs> I need a little extra energy. You know where you go, Brock, when you need a little extra energy during the day? Huh. Discover a sensation as real as the streets. 
Mountain Dew, Code Red. Get a little Mountain Dew, maybe mm. Code Red. You know mm. Mountain Dew is big when Busta Rhymes is doing commercials. You ever in you ever in a Mountain Dew phase of your life? No. Justin? I never did. You never, never did, did the Dew? Never was do guy. Seems like oh. something you would like. Even before baseball games, you never. Absolutely not, Brock. Well, help some, help some focus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ser- I'm serious. I believe you. you. Know? Yes. Climb the mountain even higher. To kiss the sun, fight the fire. Now that's Greta Van Fleet, who sound just what? like Led Zeppelin. That's Mountain of the Sun. Yeah, watered down Led Zeppelin like. That's pretty much what. Interesting they are. voice. Yeah, I mean, he sounds yeah. just like Led Zeppelin, sort of. Oh, oh really? Sounds like. Except not. There'll be some Led Zeppelin here in the top five, I promise. Oh, uh, before we get to the top five, last one. Kills me to not put Dio in there. Hurts. But it's a tough top five Dio's to crack this out top five. I know. Sounds like... My number one is still alive and well. All right, well, let me, uh, let me give you the top five mountains that we could come up with here. Top five mountains ranked. Number five, the band Mountain. Mississippi Queen. Leslie West, who is a gigantic human being. Kind of a cream-like sound. Bigger than the humans you had dinner with the other day? No. Those two guys were huge. I told you, two Seahawks, D linemen, they were gigantic. Maura doesn't want to admit it, but she did help with Rank today with her song. Oh, yeah. What was the one she had? It was Miley. Oh, yeah. Is that on here? No. Okay, I don't have the same Climb. Unfortunately. Can you sing it for us? No. Why not? Stop. Drop. Open up. Shop. Whoa. Whoa. You got that wrong, too. I said there would be uh, some Led Zeppelin in the top five, and there is at number four. That's a Misty Mountain Hop Rock off Zoso, Led Zeppelin 4. Okay, all right. You knew that, though. Yeah, uh-huh. That's a hit. Brock should know that. That is a hit. That's, a su- that's definitely in their, like... Lord of the Rings deep dive phase. It's no Freddie Brock Mercury. Brock struggled to get Freddie Mercury out today, and you guys want him to know that. <laughs> deep tracks from Led Zeppelin 4? Yeah. All right, probably not Brock's thing. Brock, can you tell me who this is? Over the mountains, take me across the sky. Number three, Over the Mountain, guitar oh. by Randy Rhodes. Oh, Come on. Singing by. Been number one. I is that Ozzy? Know. There you go, Maura. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne. That was my number one. So that I was your number out. one? I am mm. out. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. I know number one. Do you? I absolutely I do. bet you think you do, but I'm going to tell you when I play number two, you're going to go, oh, I thought that was number one. This is not my favorite song, but people just seem to love it. So out of respect. Rocky Johnny? Yeah. Rocky This is different from Country Roads, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically the same Also, thing. also yeah. a smash. So what? That's, that's number, number two. So Are you mad about one. that, Brock? No, I know what number one is. Is that what you wanted to be number one? Absolutely not. Yeah. Is it? What do you think is number one? It better one? be. It be it, well, there's only one answer to this. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. That's nope. what I thought. Great scene in Remember the Titans Since you always want a sports connection for everything 
How dare you? Oh, how what? dare you live in the Pacific Northwest? How oh, dare Mount you? Rainier? How dare you? How dare you have I a am, list of mountains with you know no what? mountains on it? I'm not even going to say barn. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Well, there goes Brock. He is left uh, at a protest because he's so excited about Mount Rainier, I guess. It's not a mountain. It's not Rainier Mountain. It's Mount Rainier. We're not ranking mounts. It's mountains. Oh, I forgot about the arbitrary rules that we have to follow. It's not arbitrary. Well, I mean, I we're there's... ranking mountains, not mounts. If you want to rank mounts next week, we can do that. But there were no mountains on your list of mountains. What are you talking about? There was a whole. I, you just saw me check <laughs> off all the mountains. Mountain Dew's not a mountain. Mountain the band isn't a mountain? Brock's gone. I don't know. I don't think it's just me. All right. That's enough. I'm done with more being in this room. It's not working for me at all. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Until then, the hay is in the barn. See everybody. This is a chopper!